and welcome to the new episode of the podcast by Teenagers for Teenagers. I'm Alessandra from 3BL and today we are going to talk about the art of speaking well. Let's start with a question. Have you ever got involved in a speech without knowing how? Or if you really care about what you're listening to? In general, have you ever been prompted by another's word to take any action? I'm confident this happened to you. Let me tell you a story. One day I was walking under the sun, passing in front of a multitude of stalls, selling drinks and ice creams. The vendors, one after the other, asked if I wanted to drink, and I received a nod of dissent in my response. On the third question, asked in the same way, so, do you want to drink? I wondered what would make me agree to buy something. So I started thinking about what a third person would have to say to convince me. It's so hot today, would you like something cool to drink? Maybe a lemonade that quenches your thirst. If a seller had made me this offer, I probably would have accepted. From that day on, I enjoy finding magic words that allow me to express myself correctly, both in the form and in the ways, and that at the same time allow me to achieve my goals. I understood that what most allows me to empathize with a person is to make them understand that we are all in the same boat. My problems are your problems and I prove it with real life facts. It's called storytelling. The story I told you just now, for example, I have made it clear and concrete, a wholly verbal concept. Secondly, you need to understand what the listener needs. Always using the example above, it's hot, it's sunny, so you want something fresh. At that point, the person who listens to you is convinced that he needed, that he would be better off if he had that thing that you have the possibility to give him. Furthermore, the fact that a proposal arrives without an explicit question convinces the listener that the consequence provoked comes from himself and not from others. To make an example, Inception, filmed by Christopher Nolan. If I tell you not to think about elephants, what do you think? This question is used in the film to make it clear that it is impossible to put into someone else's mind an idea that comes from the outside without feeling invaded, upset or shaken by the power 
of a simple question in your brain. We tend not to trust those who want to convince us of something. We prefer those who lead us to think. Anyone who has helped us, understood our needs, becomes a person to be trusted. Those who show they care about us get our attention. It's proved. These methods are certainly useful in marketing, accompanied by real solid strategies such as white card phrases, redundancy and advertising. Henry Ford, for example, once said, a man who stops advertising to save money is like a man who stops a clock to save time. But they are also useful in everyday life. Using empathizing techniques is not synonymous with sneaky. Rhetoric doesn't have to be a double agent. It can serve to open your eyes, to understand what kind of people we are, if we know how to express ourselves, to make ourselves understood, and above all, if we give others the opportunity to understand us. Now, I'd like to spend a thought on words. We know that words are often misused and many languages are dying despite the fact that today the greatest source of communication among mankind is dialogue. Until Franz says, there's nothing more magical than words. Indeed, what fascinates me most is the inevitable connection I make when I think that words is the mission of sounds. Through the air, that moves the vocal cords, we are able to express ourselves. Air, one of the five elements. Moreover, the breath of the air releases sounds that put us in communication. And it's the same little breath that for many religions has given rise to the life of men on earth. God himself charged Amen and Eve to give names to things, to allow man to recognize himself in the things that surround him. This connection between the primordial, the need and the world always leave me amazed and enchanted. I study languages so it comes natural to me to think about how beautiful words are in their musicality. There are words that are extremely connected to spirituality and others that are more concrete. The biggest difference is between Latin and Greek, for example. The Latin speaks of the beautiful thing, the Greek about beauty. Even today, people linked to spirituality and soul use words that Western culture cannot translate 
with a single word. You don't trust me? Let me give you an example. Mami la pinata pie. The meaning is a look shared by two people, each wishing that the other would initiate something that they both desire, but which neither wants to begin. Now I dare you to find a word that says the same. I often find myself getting lost in the meaning, provenance and absurdity of some words. For example, I love Dante's musicality when Virgil tells him Vien dietro me e lascia dir le genti Sta come torre ferma che non crolla già mai la cima per soffiar di venti Or Shakespeare's poeticity when, after having told about love, he says And if this be error and upon me proved I never write nor no man ever love. Well, I believe that word is the greatest gift we have. It facilitates our communication and to stay in touch with each other. For this reason, I hope I have helped you to think, to learn, and that you got curious. Now I greet you with Latin. This is the concluding sentence of one of the most beautiful books I've ever read, but as Voltaire says, the secret of being boring is to say everything, so it's up to you to translate. From Umberto Eco, Il nome della rosa, Stat rosa pristina nomine, nomina nuda, tenemos. Thank you.